Pop Sugar's Love Rants is brought to you by Yuli, an innovative online healthcare platform exclusively for women that says buck that to the traditional healthcare system. Get online and get faster access to women's health and medicine by visiting yuli.com.au. Hello and welcome to Pop Sugar's Love Rants. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we're recording and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. I'm Melissa Mason, a journalist, podcaster and the host of Love Rants. We're here to have conversations that get to the heart of various topics that fall under the broad umbrella of love, sex and relationships. Throughout this series, I'll sit down with someone different as we navigate the vulnerability, embarrassment and preciousness of love and self-love. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Love Rants. We are so excited to have you back. I'm so excited to have you back. I am, of course, your host, Melissa Mason. And I say we because I am here once again with a guest. And this time it is my very good friend, Alira Potter. You may know her from Instagram. She posts loads of fantastic, I would say just fantastic feel-good stuff. What would you call it, Alira? I love that. Yeah, I feel like I post content just to uplift everyone and make people feel really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's how I feel about it. Like every time I come across something that you've posted, I'm like, I feel great and the best one ever and you need to go back and find it if it's not pinned to your Instagram, which it should be, was when your dog Cosmo got his little haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like this is the most talked about post and it's like not even related (laughs) to like anything that I do. It has nothing to do with anything. I know. And everyone talks about it. They're like, how's Disco Dog? And I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny. It's actually the greatest. I think the best part of that video is not actually his haircut. It's your reaction. Like it's just like I know 30 seconds of you like silent cry laughing. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. I will go away and I will pin this at the top of my Instagram later today. <laughs> Everyone's going to be hunting for it now. <laughs> exactly. I'm so sorry to do that to you. Um, but look today, what we were going to talk about, because I feel like this is really what is at the heart, like I said, of, of what you do is self-love. Mm. How would you even just define self-love? I mean, that's such a yeah, big question, I- but I guess where, where are you at now with the definition of it? Mm, It's a pretty loaded question. And when I get asked this, I'm always like, for anyone who doesn't really understand what self-love is, it's defined by you. It's however you want to look after yourself. Mm. It's however you want to treat yourself, respect yourself. For me, it's all about, number one, honouring my boundaries. Number two, making sure that I'm speaking to myself in such a positive way that I'm waking up and going, I may not love certain things about my body right now, but I'm just going to accept them and it's going to be okay. And also it's making sure that I'm nourishing and moving my body to whatever capacity that I possibly can each and every day. Mm, Yeah, like that whole thing about it being different for everybody, I think, is so important because I find the term self-love like sometimes a bit wishy-washy. Like I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, like what does that even mean? Like where are we even at with that? Whereas I suppose if you break it down to like little things that mean a lot to you but maybe for somebody else aren't as important, that's a really good way to describe it. Yeah. But I was going to ask, so because you now, like, and I know that you, and I do feel like you actually online 
talk about this a lot and and go, hey, no, like I'm actually not always at the top of my self-love game and like I have bad days too and I have bad times. You're very like transparent about that stuff. So I suppose what I was going to ask was when did you like talk to me about like a time before you got on this self-love journey? Like talk to me about like when you didn't have a lot of self-love for yourself and what that looked like. Yeah, well, early 20s. I feel like that's when you're trying to figure out who you are, yeah. what's your identity, how do I really start to love myself and how do I honour certain parts of my body. So I reckon my early 20s, I hated everything about myself. I was mm. comparing myself to all my, you know, friends who were a size 8 and a size 10 and I'm like, why isn't my body like that? And I would just sort of go on these like really bad sort of toxic cycles of that diet culture and just not really looking after myself. And it probably wasn't until my late 20s leading into my 30s where I just sort of got got into this like really good positive mindset of just thinking, okay, we're at a point now where I can't change certain things and that's A-okay and people will love you for the way that you are and if they don't, that's on them. And so I just was like, fuck it. Like I'm just going to wake up every morning and look in the mirror and tell myself that I'm beautiful and powerful and I'm worthy. And doing those little affirmations sort of helped me really, I don't know, redefine my mindset and just be like, yeah, girl, like love yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. Like dress how you want to dress, act how you want to act. And just sort of just started to show up for myself. And I think that energy radiated around me. And that's when my friends were like, wow, she's really like, she's changed, but in such a beautiful, positive way. Isn't that funny? Because I feel like the days when I'm really feeling myself and like have really actively been putting in the work, I suppose, to like make sure that my mental health is like in a good place and like, you know, doing, like you said, moving my body and like eating well and like speaking kindly to myself. I can sense that I have a better energy and like people pick up on it and I have like better interactions in this world, but I also Mm. feel better in them, you know, like whereas when I'm not looking after myself, I almost attract negative energy. Literally that whole like karmic cycle and that whole, I feel like the word manifestation, it's very like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm really like a bit over how the way that it's used, but Essentially, like if you're putting out that positive energy, you're going to get that back. And if you're putting out that sort of negative energy or you're putting out, I don't know, just having a negative mindset, everything's going to stay stagnant. Nothing's going to move. Everything's going to stay in that like really bad cycle. Yeah. I want to talk about boundaries because I think this is a really interesting one and it's also one that I think people have negative connotations of and you love a boundary. You love love a boundary. boundary. And I feel like I have actually, you have set boundaries when we've like had plans and you're like, hey, actually, like I can't do that thing because I'm in this particular place. And Mm -hmm. it comes across in this very like, it's not actually an offensive thing. And I think people are scared to Mm. set boundaries because they're like, oh, people are going to hate me if I say no. But it's all in kind of like the way you do it. Like, how would you say if you're going to say no to something because it's not right for you in whatever headspace you're in or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do with your day how can you do it in a way where like it's respectful but it's also Mm -hmm. like firm yeah I mean firstly if someone asks you to do something or 
I don't know whether that's in a work capacity or a friend wants to catch up and you're sitting there and you're thinking, mm, no, should I, shouldn't I? That's an automatic no. That's your body responding and being mm. like, no, don't do it. So if that's happening, don't be afraid to just be like, actually, like, no, I don't, I don't want to go. And remember that no is a complete sentence. You don't actually have to expand yeah. on that. You don't have to make an excuse. And that's the thing that I conditioned myself to do. So if a friend asked me to do something, I'm straight up to be like, no, nah, don't want to do it. Yeah. And they sort of, they're conditioned now to understand, not to sort of pester me and be like, come on, mm. please, like come out or whatever it may be, because I'm just always like, no, I don't want to. Like, I want to have a night at home. I want to just chill at home with the dog and the cat. Or if it's a work-related thing, I'm always just like, no, because I'm referring back to my values as well too when it comes to my boundaries. I think it just got to a point for me where I had to put my happiness and my needs first. And if I wasn't doing that, then I was serving everybody else around me. Yes. Yeah. Like this is the thing. No is a complete sentence. And I think that I'm really bad with this. And I think where I'm bad with it, and maybe you can help me here, is I'm not usually as concerned. I I was a big people pleaser. And I think that's still an issue that I do have to some capacity, but more, I have incredible FOMO and like Mm. something that my therapist who I've mentioned so many times in this podcast, um, (laughs) something she's trying to drill into me at the moment is just make decisions, just make a decision. Mm. And like what you just said about if you're already umming and ahhing about whether you want to do it or not, that's the space that I would get stuck in, but I would get Mm -hmm. stuck there because I have like FOMO. But then what that does is I almost get driven by that FOMO and I end up in in doing stuff that I don't really want to be doing or like Mm -hmm. that I was half-hearted about. So I guess like how do you deal with FOMO then in those scenarios? Mm, So uh, like ask yourself this, right, this is what I sort of made it come down to. So with FOMO, am I getting FOMO because I'm just getting snippets on social media from what's happening at that event? Like, am I actually missing mm. out on something? Like, is mm. something going to happen while I'm there? Like, where is this FOMO stemming from? I just got to a point where I was like, social media was a big thing for me. And I was always like, oh, everyone's so happy having the best time. But in reality, it's just like little snippets of happiness. And it's okay if you don't want to go. And so I just got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to miss out on anything. Like, it's okay. I don't, like, I don't really care. I don't really want to go. I just want to serve my happiness. Actually, that's so true because I remember I had a party like, I don't know, like a few months ago and a friend of mine couldn't come. Like she just couldn't come for a reason. Like she didn't choose not to come. But she had like really bad FOMO, like kind of like past FOMO where it had been and gone and she was like, oh, it seemed like it was really fun. And and it was really fun. But I also was like to her, it was really fun, but there will be other things that are just as fun like it yeah. wasn't the greatest party of the history of the world yeah. like it's and it never is it really never is I think maybe I wonder if it is social media and it's also like just a steady diet of films about young people having the best time ever where we think that yeah. there really is this magical time that we're going to miss out on every time we say no Exactly. And it's just like, but are we? Are we going to miss out on mm. stuff? Like the weekend that's just passed, normally my weekend is filled with so many social things. And for once, I've just said no to everything because I'm like, I'm not going to miss out on anything. Everyone's just going to be getting drunk and I'm going to wake up with anxiety. And do I really want that? No, absolutely not. Um, so I think, I don't know, don't be afraid to say no. I think that's a big thing. And your friends are going to understand. Your real friends will understand and they won't pester you. And I always think, are you really missing out on anything? 
And especially if it's like a night out, you're, gonna, you're not going to be missing out on anything. Trust me when I say that. <laughs> Trust us both. I can, I agree 100%. My sister always says you will never miss out going on. You'll never regret going home. And I'm like, I don't know. Exactly. Every time I'm like, no, I will. I will. And then the next day I'm like, I really don't. I really do exactly. not regret it. <laughs> um, here's a question though, because I think where I have struggled the most with self-love and with maintaining it has been when I'm single. I find, I used to find that I very much took in how I was treated. Well, not even how I was treated, but like, you know, like the rejection processes that you mm-hmm. go through when you're dating people, right? Like just anybody, like you, even if it's just on the apps and you're like swiping and you're not getting great matches or mm-hmm. like you're not, your chats aren't really going anywhere, right? Not necessarily in-person stuff, but just the just the funks that you get into. I would take that inward so intensely. Oh my gosh. I would just start talking negatively to myself and convincing myself that something was wrong with me. Even though I knew that there wasn't, it's like I knew, no, this is just life. Like, you know, all these other people around you are going through the same thing. I suppose what are some things that you have found help to build up your internal self-love when you're going through a particularly, like say like a lonely period or just, yeah, like one of those dating fun or whatever Mm. like just a period where you're just not getting any external validation really yeah oh my god well I'm in it right now my ex-girlfriend and I broke up like three months ago and I'm deep in that at the moment where Mm. I'm on dating apps and I'm like oh I'm just not getting the matches that I want and I would sort of go through a cycle and be like is it me like what's happening and now I'm just at a point where I have started implementing like daily practices and rituals every day that really fill my cup and make me feel really freaking amazing about myself Mm. and I think that's the best advice for someone who is you know recently single and is just wanting to get that validation is like do things for you go on dates by yourself like I'm doing all of that right now and I feel so much better for it because number one when I do decide to get into a relationship then I know that I'm not going to have to be validated by my partner all the time that I have that independence to be like Mm -hmm. oh like I can do that and I can you know speak really beautifully about myself to me and I can get that validation from me not just from my partner so I think just implement little rituals and dating apps are great but they're also a bit of a, a head fuck if I have to say like I just feel like it's so everyone's just there for the swiping and the validation. It's like try and seek validation externally and you can do it like yourself. It's so easy. It's just implementing practices. And like what would those practices be like? Okay, I know they're obviously going to be different Mm. for everybody, but like what are some of the ones that you do like just as examples? So in the morning, you know, when you like get out of the shower and you're drying yourself and you're putting on your moisturiser, while I'm putting Mm -hmm. on my moisturiser and stuff, I literally stand in the mirror and I'm like, bitch you are fabulous you are amazing like you're so (laughs) powerful and it sort of peps me up and I'm like yes girl like this is amazing and then I'll sort of do really nice things for myself throughout the day where I will make sure that I'm taking Cosmo for a walk because that's making me feel really grounded and present and it makes me feel really happy I'm doing things like making sure that I'm setting aside and I know it sounds really random but setting aside time to sit with myself and eat food by myself Mm -hmm. because we're always just like oh we need to do brunch catch-ups and stuff and it's like no just sit and be present with you so I'm doing like those little tiny practices 
I do things like obviously go to the gym and all that sort of stuff, but I'll go and get like massages or I know this sounds a little bit like out of context for people, but go to the movies by yourself. It is so yes, great. Like, huge, yes. I, yeah, I love doing it's that. So, I love going to the movies by myself. Just, yeah, do things for you that make you feel really bloody good about yourself. I love that idea of like dating yourself as like it sounds so no but you know what actually it sounds so like silly because we have been conditioned to think that it's silly like it really to me when I think about you know date yourself we're like oh that's so like pathetic to date yourself but actually that I think is just the conditioning that we have that we have to be in a partnership to do all these things like we're excluded from all of those lovely experiences unless we have a partner and I think that's such an unfair um you know standard to put on women that you don't get to have all those lovely moments like sitting in the movies and having a nice movie night or like going to a nice dinner or going for a romantic walk through the botanical gardens you know like Mm. all these things we like reserve them as date experiences but like why can't we do that for ourselves exactly and I think it is really scary to go and do something on your own like I remember the first time I went to the movies on my own I felt like everybody was going to be looking at me and Mm. thinking oh look at that loser at the movies (laughs) by herself and no one cares no one cares like and it's the same for dinner honestly I guess with dinner like depending on the restaurant it's a little bit different in the sense that yes you might get some people who might look at you questioningly but I like to think it's Mm more like you know when you're walking down the street and I'll like look at somebody and I'm actually looking at their outfit usually I'm usually like wow that person's got amazing pants or that jacket's cool but the way that we perceive that stuff just because of the I think the way that we don't have a lot of self-love for ourselves right Mm. the way that we perceive it is oh that person's judging me and so I honestly think when you go to a restaurant on your own people will look but they're probably just going wow that's pretty cool that she's there on her own having dinner and like having a great time and not feeling the need to drag someone along with her. I I love it. Um, I think also going back to what you were saying about going into a relationship and then you will Mm. have that really good foundation of self-love. I definitely think that is a huge factor. I know there's a lot of conversation going around at the moment about how like we don't need to fully heal ourselves to fall in love. And I think that's really true. Like I think that Mm. we shouldn't push the dial all the way to like you have to spend or like, you know, you have to get yourself fixed before you can be in a relationship. Like everything has to be solved because it's like impossible. That's not Mm. how it works. But I do feel like in my 20s I would go into relationships and I would be bending into a pretzel to try and like get the approval of my partners or like you know take it incredibly hard when people didn't want to go on dates with me or ended dating things with me and then in my 30s I suddenly was like I just I just think I started to actually like you said cultivate that self-love and got to a point where I would go on dates and I actually feel like my and my vibrational energy or whatever we would call it, right, mm. was so good because I was going in almost with like the mental attitude of not like I'm better than you or like you need to impress me, but just like I'm coming in on on an equal standing with you and I'm trying to figure out if this is right for me just as much as you're trying to figure out if it's right for you. And I think that's a really good place to be, but you mm. can only really get there if you're doing a bit of the work, right? Yeah, 
100%. I really love what you said. There is that talk at the moment about you have to be, you don't have to be fully healed in order to like find someone because I think that's been the mentality over the years. Because I remember when I became single, what, yeah, three months ago, all my friends were like, oh my God, just, just chill. Like, just do you, just do the healing. And it's like, Mm. bitch, I am doing the healing. But if someone comes along and they're amazing, I'm not going to stop my healing, but I'm going to be open to the idea of like finding that love and maybe falling in love with that person. But also I'm going to be conscious of, I need to make sure that I'm filling my cup and not exactly what you said, trying to get that validation from my partner and trying to get that approval from them because I'm the exact same. Like every relationship that I've been in, that's been like that toxic cycle and it's it's so, it's gross. It's yucky. I think the thing that I've learned more recently is that like the longer you're in a relationship anyway, the more of your stuff comes out because naturally being in a relationship with somebody else is going to, you know, put friction on parts of you that, you know, like aren't perfect because no one's perfect. Mm. Like it's crazy to think that we could perfectly heal ourselves before meeting someone. And I love what you just said there. Like I don't think there's there has to be rules about downtime after having dated someone. Like I used to have this attitude about people who would just like date someone and then date someone else and then date someone else like and just never had a single period. I used to be like, oh, Mm. bad idea, Uh uh-uh, that's toxic. And now I just have such a like broader concept of, how to do dating and being single. And like, I loved my Mm. single years and I really value them because I learned a lot about myself, but I also can now see how much you can learn in relationships too. And there's really no, like, why do we put these kind of parameters on everybody that everyone has to do it the right particular way? You know, like you have to have a break after you go out of a breakup. Why? You don't like Mm. go back out there if you want to see what happens. Have fun, like get back out on the horse, do whatever feels good for you at the end of the day. That's like my thing. Now we just want to take a moment to share about our sponsor, Yuli. Yuli is saying buck that to the traditional healthcare system by offering a hassle-free online service that empowers women with a modern approach to discreet, convenient healthcare and medicine. Get faster access to medical certificates, treatments and prescriptions like the contraceptive pill, emergency contraception such as the morning after pill, acne treatments, weight management, sexual health, even assistance to help you quit vaping. And it's all delivered to your door or inbox thanks to their innovative online health service. So say buck that and get online by visiting yuli at yuli.com.au to get your health sorted. Something else I wanted to talk about, because you did basically you put up this fab post, not to say that you need to pin this either, but just just to reference. Okay. <laughs> um, and you kind of talk about like a bunch of self-love reminders. And so one mm-hmm. of them is boundaries. But the other one that really stuck out to me, because I think that this is somewhere I fail in a lot, is it's okay to make mistakes and learn and grow from it. Mm. Like... Oh my gosh, I can be so hard on myself about mistakes and like really like get myself down and like, you know, you know, that meme that's like when you're trying to go to sleep and then your brain's like, let's remember this thing that you did six years ago. (laughs) That is me. (laughs) Yes. Did you used to just really like hold on to mistakes and how do you get past that? Mm, Yeah, I feel like I would always be so hard on myself when I did it make any mistake and I'd be like you're a failure like this is so bad but now I'm at the point where it's like 
if I fail something or if I make a mistake, then I'm like, oh, what a growth period. Great. Amazing. What did I mm. learn from that? How can I grow from that? Like what's next in, in the next little phase? So I think turn the, the mindset from that negative to the positive to be like, what, what have I learned from this? Is this like a little blessing for me or is it a little lesson? Like, what is it? So don't be so hard on yourself. If you fail something, it's such, it's like, it's beautiful. Failure is beautiful because it is growth. Which I think is like a really nice one also to apply to breakups because I Mm. would come out of breakups and really overanalyze how it went wrong and then really internalize that. What did I do wrong? What have I done in this breakup to contribute to it? But if I, if you flip that right to the kind of thinking of, well, what can I learn from this? Even if you did in some way contribute to the ending of that relationship, it, it really takes that, I think, kind of element of, of, of self-destructiveness out of it. Mm, yeah. Agree. I'm like, I'm sitting here being like, mm-hmm, yeah, this is like therapy for me right now. You and I having this conversation. Because <laughs> um, I did the same thing. Like when my yeah, recent partner and I broke up, I was like, what did I do wrong? Like, am I not good enough? Yeah. Am I not perfect enough? Like, how can I make it work? And the lesson in that was it's okay, number one, have a failed relationship. And number mm-hmm. two, I didn't do anything wrong. We just fell out of love. It's that simple. And number three, what lessons did I learn from this like relationship and this breakup how can I grow from this what's the beauty in this and that's where I'm at at the moment where I'm like yeah I'm I'm learning that I need to be more conscious of making sure that when I do get into a relationship I'm not like morphing into that relationship if that makes sense and I'm making sure that I'm being independent and I'm like making sure making sure that I'm serving myself so There's nothing wrong with failed relationships. It's all about growth and there's just such power in a breakup. As crazy as that sounds, like this is the time for you just to go inwards and do your thing and figure out what does the next relationship look like? How does that feel? How do I want to be in the next relationship? Yeah, and I think that's the balance, right, of like overly going inward and taking almost denying yourself anything kind of fun in the dating space because you're like, no, no, have to heal, have to process, etc. versus like, you know, the middle ground, which is to look back and reflect on it. And, and like not just like jump straight into the next thing without even like considering like what can you take from that. But that that whole thing about the morphing, oh, my gosh, I think everybody has been guilty of that. And, and I actually think it's a really, really difficult one to counter because part of relationships, I think, is that you do kind of merge together in some ways. But it's like if you don't hold on to some of your individuality and some of your independence, yeah, you do almost become codependent. And then if if it ends, then it's like, you know, far more like horrific for you than if you had had some of that stability in place. And so do you feel like, I know you just said like, you know, you came out of this and you've sort of looked at some stuff, but do you feel like looking at past relationships, like you were in a better place this time than you were? Yes. Yeah, completely, completely. I feel like I've come out of it being a bit, a little bit more conscious of, okay, how can I do better, be better in that next relationship? How do I make sure that I am serving myself and putting my Mm -hmm. needs first? Because that is so important because if we're jumping into a relationship and we're just not serving ourselves, then it's just like, what's the purpose? We don't, we can cater to the other person, but we have to put our needs a hundred percent first. So for instance, 
I went on my first date last week. Petrifying. So petrified. <laughs> woohoo. And as a lesbian, we <laughs> you all sound know so that excited. <laughs> You're like, woohoo. <laughs> I know, no, it was a great date. As a typical lesbian, the date went for like what, 24 hours? Um, I was just gonna say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went for like 24 hours. Are you married uh, now? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And she's interstate. So it's like it's the typical like lesbian love story at the moment. I love it. But coming into it, I sort of said to her, I don't know if I'm ready for a relationship. I'm open to meeting new people. Number one, I've already set that boundary. Mm. So our little second sort of date, I said the same thing and I was sort of setting it up. So I think that's really important. If you do start dating and you're going into a new relationship, start to honour those boundaries already and set them, set them up. And just, you know, just so you are putting your needs first and you're not like catering to that other person and wanting to get validation off that person straight away. So I think that's so, so important. Yeah. I, the needs thing is a, is a factor that I think is where it all goes wrong and has gone wrong for me in the past is that, you know, you meet somebody and, and you're sort of like, this is how it used to go for me, right? I would meet somebody and I was like very much like confident and had a lot of self-confidence and, and sort of self self-love and self-acceptance, right, going into it. And then I would kind of fall for people that were probably really wrong for me, but I really fell for them. And then what would happen from there is to, to I suppose, keep them around, I would push my needs to like the bottom of the list and it would become, and, and when I say that, I mean, it's like it would probably be in hindsight pretty apparent that that person did not have my needs anywhere in their top five at all, right? but I would have their needs as my number one. And it was just so imbalanced, but it's so easy to end up there. You know, like I actually think you can go into relationships with all this self-love, but then there's this like tipping point where you can lose it. And I, I actually don't even know if I have the answer for how you, I, I think my answer for me, I mean, you tell me what you think. My answer for me would be that if it's getting difficult, in the sense that you are noticing that you feel like icky a lot of the time. I would call it icky, just like this feeling of like discomfort, like you don't feel very seen and and very um, supported by this person. Um, you feel like you're putting in a lot more effort than they are, then your needs probably aren't getting met. That's that's probably the only gauging factor that I've been able to find. Mm, and that's almost like a little bit of a red flag in that sense. I think exactly what you said before, any relationship that I've gone into, I've gone in like full steam and I've forgotten about, number one, I've forgotten about my rituals that I would do daily because I'd want to make sure that I'm have my phone on hand if they text me and they want to do something. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh, why do I do that? Or why do we do that to fall into that cycle? So this time around with this whole like dating space that I'm walking into, I'm almost setting up the boundaries straight away to be like, this is my life and you've got your life and I have my needs, you have your needs. I'm not going to stop doing the things that I love just to cater to that other person. Yes. And it sounds harsh, but we have to do it. And like that to me is square peg round hole, right? Like if their needs aren't aligning with your needs and then you're trying to like fit yourself into that life that 
doesn't actually work for you. And obviously there's compromise, right? Like what would you say is the difference between compromise and like actually like squashing down your own needs for the sake of somebody else's? I think it's compromise. Like I think in my last relationship, the thing that I learned was my partner didn't understand my job. And we compromised to be like, you may not understand it, but like, we just have to sort of accept it. And there'll be things that you don't want to come to. And there's going to be things that I don't want to go to of yours, but it's compromised because you love those things. So that's compromise in my eyes. We're doing it for Mm -hmm. the other, the partner, but because it makes them happy as well too. I think when we're squashing our needs is when we're stopping doing the things that we love and we're isolating ourselves from those platonic friendships that we have as well too. So I think... Once we're stopping everything, that's when it's almost like, hey, like this is a big red flag. Like why are you doing that? Put your needs first. Yeah, yeah, stopping. That's such a really good example actually. Like is it? are you doing it because it's making you happy and making the other person happy? Like you're doing it in a way of like, oh, it's, I'm like supporting them versus mm. making yourself like smaller or less than kind of like putting yourself into a smaller box to mm. to make sure that their life continues as normal. And I also think when it's reciprocated, that's a huge factor to me is when the other person is also doing that for you. I remember I was in this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's my favourite one to refer to was this guy who priorities above me were like probably just work and friends and like solo time and then me. Mm-hmm. And so what that looked like was that we'd probably see each other once a week. But for me, when I am seeing someone, I want to see them like pretty regularly I'd say at least a few times a week Mm. and I he knew that but it was like he never met me at the table like it's like we never met Mm -hmm. in the middle and I think if we had met in the middle I could have been happy depending obviously but Mm. like you know when the other person's not even budging I think that's that's a massive red flag to me that the relationship's not well um also what do you think don't you reckon there's something in like I like this is a controversial opinion that I have Mm. but I have this opinion of if you're starting to analyze their behavior all the time in the group chat it's not good it's not good no it's not good (laughs) at all yes and if your friends are like like hyping that up and sort of I always am like oh that's not good. Like why, number one, am I speaking like that about my partner? Number two, why are my friends sort of agreeing with that and not seeing like both sides sort of thing? So, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. It's oh, But, yeah, and the other one I reckon would be if people around you, and I don't know if people would say this to you, but I've definitely, like it's funny because I was in a conversation the other day with um, – I literally hadn't met this person, but I was, I'd met them. They were a friend of a friend and they'd just come out of a relationship. And immediately as they were describing this, one of the other friends were like, um, it wasn't good. She was so, um, she was like a shadow of herself or like she was, it was some, some words in that vein. And I was like, wow, like if your friends were to describe you in a relationship that you're in, how would they describe you? Like, and is that a hard Mm. question you can ask like a really good friend? Like what, how do you see me in this relationship? You know, because like, I think, right. Like that's the ultimate example of like, you've lost that love for yourself and that independent spirit inside something with someone else. Completely. And like me coming out of this recent relationship, I had a friend say to me, like, you were so, you were just not, the Alira that I knew and I was like what do you mm. mean and she's like 
I can't explain it, but you were just so different. And she sort of said to me, but just know that I was on the sidelines cheering you on, but I just couldn't be around you because you were so different in this relationship. And I took that, like, I took that away to be like, okay, I don't want to do this in my next relationship. I want to make sure that I'm serving myself, serving my partner, but also I'm serving my friends as well too. So for my friend to sort of say that, I was a bit like, oh, okay. Like that relationship was must have been really toxic, but I couldn't see because of those rose-coloured like windows. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's when a friend can sort of say that, I think that's a green fl- like a green flag in a friendship. It's hard though. I don't know. I have watched friends get into relationships where I'm like, oh, you're like fading away. Like all of your sparkle is like dimming in this relationship, but because you're so happy in it, it's so difficult as a friend, I think, to interrupt it. But yeah, I think if you, I think what it is, is if you can ask a friend that, and I, and like this, these are those hard questions where they're like quite defining, like they're really difficult mm-hmm. to ask because you almost don't want the answer. And that also, again, like, sorry, but that's that's the red flag right there, right? If you don't want to ask yeah. the question because you're afraid of the answer, you probably already know the answer. Exactly. Yeah. You already know the answer. So, yeah, 100%. Going back to like that whole self-love thing and, and kind of cultivating that, what I've loved about what you shared both online and here is that it's all pretty practical, like it's not mm. it's not stuff that I think is inaccessible for people who wouldn't consider themselves very spiritual or very like, you know, um, emotional even. Like you don't have to be like like a deeply emotional person to cultivate that self-love. Like like how you were saying mm-hmm. about I'm going to start doing that now, like getting out of the shower and just immediately just giving yourself a little pep talk in the mirror because I will do that after a couple of martinis at the bar right? Yeah. Like I'll go to the toilet and I'll be like, you're amazing. You look great. Your eyeliner is on point today, but I will not do that for myself sober. Why? I should. Do it in the morning. Trust me. It is such a game changer. Yeah. And really quickly, I also wanted to touch on, you know, how you're talking about nourishing your body and and all of that, Mm. because obviously like that can be such a like hot topic, but I definitely notice a difference when I listen to my body. And actually that goes both ways, like for me, and I don't know if, if this applies in the same way, but there are days where I'm like, Mel, you've, you know, been eating sort of weird meals, like cheese and Vegemite sandwiches every morning for breakfast on white bread or whatever. And then you need to like, you know, have a bit of a focus on like what vitamins and minerals are you putting into your body? And like, mm. are you following that food group here a bit? Like where is, where are the fruits and vegetables here? You yeah. know? <laughs> but then I have other days where I'm like, I'm too, I'm almost get scared of inverted commas, bad food. And then I'm mm. like, no, you need to go and just have a really good burger or like, some really good fried chicken and just do it and enjoy it and remember that you like there isn't really like bad foods and good foods it's just balance Mm. yes I agree with this so much because like the same deal I think I've conditioned myself for years to be like 
that is bad food, like don't eat it. But in reality, like there's no such thing as bad or good food. It's moderation. If you want to eat that burger, go and eat that burger. Enjoy it. Sit there. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I just think if you're nourishing your body in the right way, then you're doing the right thing. It's so fine. Like eat that bloody burger. Yeah. And like even with fitness is the same. Like I think that the right balance is when I'm tired or I'm just like really not in the mood, like allowing myself that session off but then also knowing like and I find this actually probably the hardest knowing when to push through that that like ugh, I don't want to go do it and because I know yeah. I'll feel good afterwards versus like mm-hmm. when to actually give myself a break yes exactly I agree with this this is I'm in this phase at the moment like with food <laughs> and the gym and I'm like yep Totally. I agree. I think what's so good is, yeah, like I said, the practicalities of it all. Um, It doesn't have to be hard. Like, would you say, like, do you have any tips for people just starting to get into like this journey? Like what's like a really basic thing they can do aside from like cheering themselves on in the mirror every morning? I think the best thing that you can do is learn. I know it's like hard, but like learn to say no, just say no to things Mm -hmm. and it will get easier. Just say no. <laughs> is the moral no. of this episode <laughs> <laughs> literally just say no <laughs> I love it oh thank you so much Alira as always it's just such a like delightful nourishing conversation with you it's like having a really this is how it feels like for me is like having like a really good warm bowl of porridge on a really cold morning I love morning. that <laughs> I don't know if you love me comparing you to porridge, but you know the vibes of porridge. It's the, it's the vibe vibes. I'm, I'm here for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Not for the literal me. like claggy oat, <laughs> but the energy of it, where it feels makes you feel warm and nourished and like ready to take on the day. It's yeah. such a nice feeling, and so nice to talk to you. And I hope everybody got something out of that. If nothing else, start doing that talking to yourself in the mirror and hyping yourself be your own hype girl in the morning everybody that's a that's a rule from us um but yes as always thanks so much for listening everybody and we will be back next week with another episode bye thank you for tuning into pop sugar's love rants join us again next week as we navigate the vulnerability embarrassment and preciousness of love and self-love Follow yuli.com.au on Instagram and TikTok to stay up to date on all things women's health.